0: we are looking at um, really information that Paul is giving Timothy about how he ought to conduct himself in the church is what he'll say in verse 15 and a part of that involves the uh, particular um, church functions, people to fill particular roles in the church and certain functions have special qualifications that are needed to be able to fulfill those functions properly perhaps Paul's telling Timothy this because we know when he wrote to Titus he expected Titus to be involved in the appointment of some of these men perhaps he would expect Timothy to do the same thing and we know that 1 Timothy was written for the benefit of the church in Ephesus and not just for Timothy's personal benefit anyway so it would certainly be helpful for them to understand what kind of qualities are needed uh, for somebody to fulfill certain roles so last week we talked about the uh Overseer, elder pastor and I don't know was there anything we needed to still talk about with that are we good on that or we got some leftover uh, discussion anybody's got we talked long enough about that I think so uh, well let's uh, move on 8 to 13 deacons likewise must be men of dignity not double-tongued or addicted to much wine or fond of sordid gain but holding to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. And let these also first be tested, then let them serve as deacons if they are beyond reproach. Women must likewise be dignified, not malicious gossips, but temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be husbands of only one wife and good managers of their children and of their own households. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a high standing and great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Okay, um... So, here's what deacons have to be. And uh, it's interesting that you really can't perform any function without some um, analysis and assessment of of your character. You know, it, it depends on what kind of person they are. It's interesting that these qualifications don't talk about what I would consider more like skills and abilities and education and all of that—it's true even here with the deacons. That uh, I was just talking with somebody uh, very recently uh, about an idea that that he had heard uh, about how you know to to teach others you need a certain skill set. Talking a lot about the skills and abilities that you need. Well, we tend to think that way. I mean, that's the way you think when you're hiring somebody for a job, job sector. But really, in the Lord, character means so much more than skill set. And, and it's just fascinating to see, you know, what would you have put on the, you know, sort of the, uh, the qualifications. You know, when, you, when you're looking for somebody for a job, you know, the successful candidate will be, will have, will, you know. And so you put the experience, the education, the skills and whatever. Well, here's what he's got. They must be men of dignity. That is, men whose behavior is serious, respectable, um, purposeful. These are men who are serious about the Christian life. And there are some things they must not be. He really talks more about the negative qualities in in verse 8 than he does the positive. What are some things they must not be? What does it mean to be double-tongued? That's exactly right. Why would you do that? To appeal to the person you're talking to. To do what with the person you're talking to? To appeal to the person. You're talking to. Exactly. We like to um, perhaps please people, and so we tell them what they want to hear, and we tell somebody else what they want to hear. What does that sound like? Who has a fame for doing that? Politicians. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> you know, really good about that, uh, and we don't tend to respect them very much because of that, a lot of times. Um, but a Christian, he speaks the truth always. So he speaks with one tongue. He he doesn't shade what he says to better suit the occasion, we might say. What else uh, must deacons not be? Addicted to much
1: more.
0: Yeah, I mean... Wow. Losing your soberness destroys your ability to do the work for the Lord. They must not be uh, drunkards. And what else must they not have?
2: Not have greed.
0: Yeah. They must not be uh, fond of sordid cake. <laughs> you know, it means that they've got to uh, control their desire for wealth, And um, I'm imagining that sometimes a deacon's role, we'll talk about what that is in a minute, in fact I probably should have started with that, but that sometimes a deacon's role would expose them to Judas-like temptations. You know, sometimes they might have a way of pilfering money, embezzling funds, um, using their position to gain influence that causes them to benefit financially, or whatever, and you can't have that. You know, so a deacon's got to have self-control in speech, in drink, and in the desire for what? And let me just back up (laughs) and say this. Now I'll let you ask questions on, or make comments on verse 8. What is a deacon? A servant. Yeah, the word means servant. And there is really not an exact job description for a deacon in the New Testament now here's one of the things you need to know about the word it's a word like a lot of New Testament words that was used in ordinary society that was also used in kind of a special sense in some passages in the Bible you know that with a lot of words the word baptize really in their society meant what? to dunk dunk or to wash or something like that and the word for church basically meant in the ordinary society what? a group of people and so we come to this word for deacon and it just meant to serve and there are lots of passages in the the New Testament where it's used in what we would call an ordinary sense it's just used as, as translated servant or the verb form is translated serve and it doesn't have a special sense of somebody specially appointed. It's just used as a general word for servant. But clearly in this passage, there are special servants that the church appoints to do special jobs. Philippians 1.1. 1, 1, uh, Paul gives a greeting to the church with the <laughs> bishops and deacons. So you see there's the group itself. And then there are special roles within the group of overseeing and deacon. serving. Uh, (laughs) so there is one passage that is debatable as to whether or not it refers to a deacon or not in the special sense if it does it probably helps us quite a bit and that's act 6 with the seven men that were chosen to oversee the food distribution to the Greek speaking widows that was a you know kind of a problem about that, some of the Grecian Jews thought that their widows were being neglected in the daily food service and the apostles said we don't have time for this, we've got too much work to do preaching and praying, so they said select man and they gave certain qualifications for the Holy Spirit and faith and so forth, and we may put in charge of that matter now, the word, the verb form for, for deacon is used when it talks about uh, serving tables there in Acts 6, uh, I don't remember exactly what verse that is, but uh, verse 2. So, but but I mean the, the, the verb form is used in other passages where it's not talking about special world deacon. So, you can't really prove this passage is referring to deacons, but it seems to me like it probably is. I mean, these are specially chosen men by the church for a special work of service, and they have special qualifications. So, I would think these are really, you know, deacons. But but that's that's a debatable point, certainly. Um, but when we've looked at these three passages, Philippians 1-1 with the bishops and deacons and this one and First uh, Timothy uh, 3, I, I think we've read everything we know about deacons in the Bible. Now, there would be a question about Romans 16. We'll come to that right Alright, questions and comments, thoughts on the role of deacons and on verse 8 as far as the qualifications of deacons are concerned.
3: What about the. Uh, I guess we talked about that. We talked about the wording there about being addicted to much wine and. and talking about potential medicinal uses I think was mentioned last time is that is that the approach you would take on that versus just focusing on the not being a drunkard
0: well yeah I mean being addicted to much wine means he doesn't drink and yeah, I think that's what that said now you know that in itself really doesn't cause a problem he obviously he shouldn't be a drunkard I mean he shouldn't be somebody that his <coughs> thinking's impaired because he's too much time to borrow whatever the, the problem that we have with that sometimes is when he says don't not addicted to much wine Would that imply that perhaps he could drink a little I? Think the answer is yes, it would imply that um, I think That may be an unfortunate implication in our culture because really we have a very difficult time in our culture relating to their alcoholic beverages which were legally required to be mixed with several parts of water which did not have the fortifying that many alcoholic beverages do today they were only you know fermented naturally and which people drunk at times simply as something to drink not, uh, you know, drink with a meal or whatever, not as something to drink for the effect of the drink. You know, I mean, I think they said years ago, Coca-Cola had cocaine in it. I mean, not enough to make any difference, much, maybe none, but it did, I think. And I don't think it does anymore, obviously, but, but, and, and there are other, you know, maybe beverages that might have a substance in them, that if you maxed out, I mean, well, what are, what are I mean, amphetamines. I mean, I knew a kid who nearly died because he took three little pill, pills. You know, they were uppers. They were concentrated caffeine. So exactly what it was, as I understood. And you he nearly died that day. First time he'd ever done anything, taken anything like that. I guess they were a little too potent. He took three of them. Uh, and, uh... But we wouldn't normally think if you don't drink it for, you know, some, you know, like, ridiculous kind of buzz that you know drinking coffee or whatever it's not going to affect your soberness It's not going to make you somehow you know out of your mind so we have a little bit of experience with things like that you know um, it just be really hard for us to envision much of a scenario in our culture almost I, I really believe almost always when people drink something part of it is because it does make them feel better I'm not saying there's not a guy who enjoys the taste of a cold beer. But if he had a cold Coke beside it, it probably wouldn't be quite the same to him most of the time. And certainly that's true when somebody stops by the bar to have a few drinks with the guys and things like that. People in our culture almost always do that because it does loosen you up. It does make you feel better. But when it does that, it's affecting your soberness. It's, It's making you less serious, which is the thing we must not do. Um, so, I do think this is saying, it shouldn't be somebody who who drinks too much, and it probably implies that in their culture there were times that they might drink the kind of <laughs> alcoholic, in quotes, beverages with a meal that everybody would drink, and maybe even children, without it really having any particular effect. Uh, so, and, and obviously 1 Timothy 5 does Implied that, that you know there could be medicinal purposes for alcoholic beverages. That's interesting. I think it probably indicates that Timothy just didn't drink anything. <coughs> and, you know he felt the need to give Timothy special encouragement to take his medicine. And I mean even today, I mean doesn't NyQuil and some things like that have, you know, alcohol content? I mean, I don't know anybody who's tried to get drunk off of that, but I guess, you know, theoretically it could be done. So uh, I don't know. Uh, but but you know, and, and certainly a lot of medication, a lot of drugs. I mean, they are. You, know, you have to watch them. I mean, how many people are addicted to prescription painkillers and things like that? And and I think the the warning, Timothy. We'll get to that later. But, but I think we need to take that seriously. Uh, you know, a little one. I think we need to be really careful about prescription medications that could be harmful to our sobriety, and use them carefully. Uh, but anyhow. I think this does imply that yeah, there may be some times when Christians in the first century would actually ingest some alcohol, but a deacon would not be somebody who, who would drink to excess Do you have some more thoughts or comments on that? Uh, what implications do you see with
4: the other the other churches around the country not getting the requirements or the qualifications for deacons? Well, obviously they would have had preachers, apostles whatever at times. Is that what you would assume? I mean, you wouldn't assume that they didn't have them or wouldn't?
0: That's exactly right. Yes. I mean, you could really say that about a lot of things. I mean, what about those churches that didn't get instructions about the Lord's Supper? You know, we don't have that in every letter Paul writes, or whatever. That doesn't mean a thing to me, in the sense that, well, I mean, they had prophets and apostles, and, I mean, Paul had been in Ephesus, and he'd been, you know, so he'd probably taught that there, and then he'd been a lot of other places, and other apostles and preachers, you know, prophets had been. So, uh, to me, that's irrelevant.
4: The same with the list of qualifications in 1 Timothy and Titus being slightly different are there any other things that we should get from
0: that? Well I don't think so. I mean what I would say is God gave us what he wanted us to know in the complete New Testament and so we read all of it and we take it all Somebody said, "Well, but how did these people increase?" Well, I mean, I don't know. They had prophets, I, you know. There's there are some differences in the qualification list, but I'm not sure the differences for the most part will lead to different men being selected. You know, I, I bet you, with maybe one or two exceptions, people who followed the list in First Timothy or Titus exclusively would come up with exactly the same men. You know, so. I don't think we ought to make a big deal about that, but I think we ought to avail ourselves of all information. It's all inspired. And, and nobody said that this is the only information that any of these churches had. I mean, surely Timothy, I mean, he'd been around elders before. I mean, probably been with Paul, period is when he appointed elders in some churches or whatever. So why wouldn't why wouldn't he know more than just this about
4: it? Obviously we can't. Probably the only point for us is to recognize that there is a difference, but to understand what that means, so that if someone would question that, or I mean, have some kind of an idea of what an
0: answer we would give to that. It, it, you know, it's possible, and I think it probably is worth reflecting on, although the contexts were similar, but perhaps, to some extent, Paul mentions in these qualifications things that were particular problems in these places you can look at the qualification we didn't do it this way but you can take the qualifications for elders for example here and you can start looking elsewhere in first timothy and see in some cases applications particular situations that he was describing you know and even here i mean he talks a lot in first Timothy about greed for example uh and so that would be inappropriate he talks a lot about a clear conscience that he's going to talk about in verse 9 and so forth so actually some of the qualifications may have been somewhat adapted to the to the situation to the problem questions or cases uh, in Ephesus <clears throat> other thoughts? I think this was said last time too but this isn't just a,
3: a list that we can look at and say okay I'm not, I don't plan on being a deacon or an elder so I don't of these you know mm-hmm. this is a list that we can look at and use for our everyday lives and maybe they, they it's because we're not Going to be an elder and a deacon, or we don't strive to be one, doesn't mean that
0: we can just throw these things out the window. These are things we should follow in our everyday lives. Good point. Good point. It's hard to find something here in this list that we shouldn't strive for, too. Exactly. Deacons are really just good Christians that have a title. Yeah, that have a special service, special function. It's a sort of
4: gain referring to only monetary or I think so. It's not personal pride in any way. It's all
0: I think this is a word that means monetary.
4: And does the likewise and the dignity have any more weight after all? What all we just read about the uh, elders? I mean, what? Uh,
0: well, an elder had to be temperate, prudent, respectable, which is more or less saying dignity. And then in verse 4, he has to keep his children under control with all dignity. So that seriousness of purpose and all of that seems to be something that likewise would carry over to the deacons. I mean, you know, really, I mean, there's a lot of similarities in this qualification list. It's not as long, but it's going to come up with a lot of the same men
1: qualified. If he's not supposed to be fond of
0: sorting game, I um, mean he can be fond of other kinds of game? Sure,
1: spiritual
0: game. Okay. Yeah. So he can't be fond of material game. The fact that it's sorted, what is sorted game? I don't know, somebody got a good definition. Not sorted or sorted. <laughs> sorted. Of. Right.
1: What did, what, mean, dirty? <laughs> yeah. What
0: I Somebody surely got a, another translation between, besides the New American Standard here. Dishonest.
2: Dishonest game? Okay. You have greed for
0: money? Yeah, greedy for money. Okay, so I guess, like, I mean, but he shouldn't be fond of clean game or honest game either. As is not
1: mm-hmm. like a monetary.
0: Eh? Well, that's true. I mean,. <laughs> If you're too fond of gain, you'll probably come about it sordidly. But I suspect he's especially thinking of somebody who is not trustworthy because he loves money so much. I mean, a good work for a deacon would be to be a treasurer of a church. Wow. You don't want somebody who's got a weakness for... This honest game. I mean, you want somebody a good character. He's honest, and and you can tell he's not a materialistically oriented person that'll do whatever he can, whatever you know presents itself to get something.
3: But it's not the same words as above. Free from the love of money. No, it's not.
0: But it is a simile kind of comes from the same heart in nine holding to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience um, you know eight is more behavior and nine is born more, more knowledge and those things work together you know he behaves properly because he holds to the truth with a clear conscience you would not want a deacon who had who was a man without much conviction about what's true? He may be a servant. Sometimes we think servants, well, they don't do anything important. Well, you know, all servants of the Lord must have conviction about what's right and hold to that. And they must first be tested, and only serve as a deacon if they're beyond reproach. In verse ten, it's a deacon is to be is to be approved, is to um, have their character verified before they become a deacon, not after. You know, you hear every once in a while, I actually think I heard this one time, I just don't remember who said it, but actually for real, somebody talking about, you know, well, maybe if we could appoint him as a deacon, maybe, you know, come to church more, you know, straighten up in some way. No, definitely not. You never, ever appoint somebody to anything thinking, well, it'll make him feel better. You know, or he'll cooperate better, or whatever. That is just, that's not right. You don't cater to people in that way. To to things of the work of the Lord anyway, you appoint the men who can do the work and have the character to do that. Work. Comments and thoughts through Tim?
3: doing this I mean you if you're gonna appoint someone you're doing it for the good of the church, not for the good of the person usually. You're exactly. not just doing it to help them. You're supposed to, you're supposed to help the church, not a certain person that you want to
2: come on off. That doesn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah, it doesn't
2: The whole reason you would do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. know. you don't appoint
1: somebody expecting them to grow into the role either. You made that mistake at our shop you know, hiring somebody with the Expectations that they'll grow into the role and they you don't. Know, you don't marry somebody with that expectation
0: <laughs> Yeah, some people do, but uh, it's I not know. a good idea. And, <laughs> know,
1: also, something that I think about with deacons is I've seen an attitude in the past that deacons are kind of junior elders. Yeah,
2: nothing and
1: in the it's not even close, but that seems to be, you know, oh, well, if they're a deacon now, they'll be an elder later.
0: We do know. Yeah, yeah, I think they're certainly not assistant elders. I think they, I mean, from the idea of servant, they're people who the church um, turns to to serve. Uh, I I suspect that could be a pretty broad term. There could probably be a lot of things a deacon could do in serving. But they're not elders, or even junior elders, in the sense that they're not overseeing the flock. They may oversee some work, like the feeding of the widows or something like that, but they are not spiritual overseers of the flock. They're not the pastors. They're not the spiritual guides of the flock. Uh, they're not necessarily elders. They could be younger men. Um, uh, so, But but they do works of service. I think whatever the church needs that they've asked them to do, then they serve in that way. Yes. Is there any, like, like climitivity in you? Not, not in the
2: Bible.
0: I mean, you know, to uh, to be a good manager of their children, their households in verse 12, they probably couldn't be a, you know, 12-year-old. But, you know, it they probably wouldn't be very proved if they were in, like, No, no. Uh, a very
4: material. David, do you want to make sure that coat's not melting inside
0: if there's I would
4: check it a minute ago.
1: That's <laughs> there's any plastic in it or do anything. you want to swap seats? I can sit there, yeah, and not be mine.
4: <laughs> <laughs> not, I make sure it's not blocking it in the air. Yes. I think it's okay. out. Yeah. yeah. yeah
2: there's no, quite a no, it's, it's
4: hitting me. It's, just, yes. it's
0: okay. Oh, I will melt down. <laughs> <laughs> you start smelling something mm-hmm. and, you know, you see uh, smoke coming up behind David's head. He's not just thinking.
4: We know,
1: it could be that.
0: There is more space than it looks like. Uh, Alright. let Alright, and other thoughts and comments through Tim? <coughs> um... Eleven is a problem.
2: <laughs>
0: because it's subject to two different interpretations, at least, and maybe more than that. Because he says, "Human must likewise be dignified, not malicious gossips, but temperate, faithful in all things. and. There's two basic schools of thought with kind of some subdivisions of one of them. The word women and the word wives were the same word. So you can translate it either way, depending. And some people think that this is referring to deacons' (laughs) wives. Some people would add and elders' wives. Some people think this is referring to female deacons, often called deaconesses. And there are actually some fairly decent arguments that are used on each side of that question. What would be an argument in favor of these being the wives of the deacons? It was just talking about the deacons, and it says likewise their wives. Yes that's one translation, although some others say women. So, see, the translation really affects how you look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, My margin says that is either deacons' wives or deaconesses. So, trying to leave it open, Mm -hmm. uh, which is probably the best way to translate that. Uh, But, the fact that he was talking about deacons before that is a good argument, and after. By far, the strongest argument in my book is that. This is embedded inside the qualifications of deacons. And even right after that in verse 12, it's deacons must be the husbands only of only one wife and good managers of the children in their own households. So it's talking about the deacon's family right after that. I think it's a pretty strong argument. If it was deacons and everything about them and then women, that's a little easier. But when we flop back to deacons again in 12 and 13, that is a pretty strong argument in favor of it being deacons' wives. There is, however, I think, a pretty strong argument in favor of it being female deacons. What's that argument? Or What do you see for that? Would this
1: be where go around in Romans
0: sixteen? They do, but that's. I want to stay in the context here first. What 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 can you see in the context here that would I think be a pretty strong favor point? In favor of, the
1: word likewise.
0: Absolutely. Do you see it in eight? And then you see it in 11. It seems, the likewise in 8 is another group who must also be. And so women must likewise, as if that's another group, another category. Um, That's a pretty good idea. Um, Now people will couple with that Romans 16, which is your debatable passage. And uh, Romans 16, 1 says, I commend to you our servant Phoebe, who is a blank of the church which is at St. Crete." Now in my blank, I have servant in the text and deaconess in the margin. Because it's the female word for deacon. But that's the female word for servant, used a lot of times just for a regular servant, but sometimes for deacon. And so does this mean, this word in the, you know, special function sense of a deacon, Yes, Or does it mean just an ordinary servant? I don't know a way to decide that for sure. I mean, I think you can make an argument either way, yes.
1: Well, we only have one possible example of exactly what a deacon does, and that's take care of feed the widows. And there are a lot of other things they can do as a servant, and maybe they're particularly responsible for that thing. Like... For instance, there is a woman who is in charge of the funeral flower fund. She's serving others in that capacity, so technically she could be considered as a deaconess, as in a small bee, a servant in that way. And I guess that's how I would tend to translate all of it.
0: And I think that is, you know, a reasonable position. I. Don't Think it would be outrageous to think in terms of a female deacon. However, I think there would be no other passage violated by having female deacons who have special non-authoritarian roles. I mean, a woman appointed to um, you know look after uh, you know people in the hospitals and the nursing homes. You know, or the women at least, or to look after widows and their needs, or you know, to help mothers of small children, or whatever. I could think of roles that would be okay for a female deacon to serve. So, I think there's some some argument that's worth considering on both sides of this question. And I have gone back and forth in my own mind uh, on this several times. Um, And it really doesn't make a whole lot of difference, which conclusion I come up with. I do have a preference at the moment. But... But, you know, you're going to have to look at it and <coughs> see, you know, what you think. Uh, I think those are the strongest arguments on each side. Uh, the fact that it's deacons before and after to make it female deacon, or to make it deacon's wives, and the fact that it's the likewise passage to make it deacon's. I have a question. Doesn't race well kind of rule
1: out the possibility of a deacon's the deacon have to be a husband of a wife?
0: Well, but that wouldn't mean that a female deacon had to be.
4: There's
0: also no other qualifications
4: given for the There are no other qualifications given for the women. Yes, these are the only ones.
0: Right. There's, granted, there's not a lot of qualifications given for the men, but... There'd be less for the women if this even was... Less. There's less either for the deacons' wives or for the female deacons than there are for the male deacons.
3: guess in context twelve would you'd have to see twelve as the implied male if there were both.
0: Yes. Twelve with thirteen is is a real problem I think from the the female deacon standpoint. That's that's where I'm leaning right now is to make it the deacon's wives because of coming back to this in twelve and thirteen. That seems a little stronger to me. Uh-huh. So
3: look at it from this point. What's the downside of not having female deacons? In other words, are we limited in what how a woman can serve?
0: I don't think so.
3: I mean, I mean,
0: you know, you might almost say what's the downside of not having male deacons. Exactly. I think what a male deacon does is it gives special people to immediately turn to, and maybe makes us think more seriously about using people with these qualifications for this. What you see churches sometimes doing, perhaps, is using men who aren't qualified to do certain things. So maybe there'd be those advantages. But yeah, I agree. I do not think it's extremely consequential, the question of the women here, because I don't think we come out strongly different as long as we properly limited a deaconess as well. Yes.
3: I agree with you. I think if you have a set of go-to people who have said, I'm willing to serve, the church recognizes them as having that ability and therefore when you have a need uh, that's where you can go. But yeah. obviously it's not like they're the only ones who
0: can serve. That's for sure. Yeah. You're right. I have a question. Yes? Do you have some
1: elders Because, I think I've heard that in the past, like, the, the, the deacons are supposed to serve under the elders, so if
0: you don't have elders, you can't Yeah, that's been said probably more than a uh, hundred times, but... <laughs> is that true? I haven't found it in the Bible. Okay. As far as I know, you know, <laughs> <people's without laughs> I Is there anything about deacons
1: serving under elders?
0: Not that I know about. Other than, I mean, if you've got elders, obviously the whole church, <laughs> I guess, in a sense, serves under them.
1: So whoever no. said that made it up?
0: As far as I can tell. They're <laughs> no, probably not because they probably got it from somebody else's. <laughs> okay. That's my understanding. If somebody knows how to prove that you'd have to have elders before you could have deacons. Well,
3: you can see how you would get there from, okay, here's qualifications of elders. Oh, now here's qualifications of deacons. Elders first, deacons second. Yeah. Deacons so. under elders. I mean, you can see how you could get there. I'm not agreeing with that statement.
4: But. Yeah. And he left him to appoint elders. You might imply the first step. Or maybe there were already deacons. <laughs> and now you just need to finish the job of appoint elders.
0: <laughs> who knows? I've known a very few churches who've had deacons without elders. I, I know of one who did for a while. But it's not common among the churches I know
2: about.
0: You know, on some of the things like that, even though I don't see it theoretically a problem with it I certainly wouldn't push to do it over the conscience of anybody or whatever I don't think it would make that much difference but, but biblically I don't know why there couldn't be it seems to me that if you had men to make these qualifications they could be deacons if you got them in Acts 6 there were apostles in that church but as far as we know there weren't elders yet the they controversy may not be worth the benefit <laughs> well yeah exactly some things aren't uh, you know, so David brought up a good point to me. He said something about Acts
3: 6 when they appointed these men to go and
0: do these things with widows. Would there have been elders appointed before that? He said that while I was saying that, actually. So, yeah, uh, good point. I said, I said, we I thought don't. along the same lines. Sorry. No problem. That's good. That's good thinking, David. <laughs> if
3: you do say so you tell yourself. I do, yes, yes.
4: Is there
0: any problem with having men do things that are not appointed to deacons? No. Uh, I mean, in those terms, I think not. Because certainly, I mean, the Bible indicates that every member is to serve. And not all the members have the same functions. And I don't think we would see in the Bible service limited to deacons. That, That surely would not be right however it probably is of some significance that there are certain qualifications that are needed for deacons and it may indicate that certain kinds of service should be done by people who have the right kinds of qualities to do it it's
4: really difficult because we don't know exactly because we don't have enough information so it would be hard to say well is someone doing the work of a deacon that's not appointed a deacon Know exactly what the work of a deacon is, so it would be difficult to uh, make that accusation.
1: And even if you didn't have people qualified to be deacons, wouldn't you still need for the work
0: to be done? I thought. I thought it was thinking that too. You just expressed it better than I could do. So yeah, good point. So. I think it could yeah if if it is deacon's wives then if they weren't dignified then amazing that's that's, you know kind of stressed here in uh, these qualifications they do need to be dignified that is you know serious reliable um, not malicious gossips yeah can you imagine you know if a deacon has any responsibility for anything of any significance what it would be like to have a, you know, loose-tongued wife you know, spreading who knows what I mean, I don't know surely this has never happened, but you know, I'm thinking of a deacon as a treasurer his wife goes around and blabs who contributed how much, or you know something like that, would uh-huh. be really uh, you know, bad, or worse, he's involved in some sort of, you know, more complicated situation with some people, and she goes out and spreads, you know, tales about you know, whatever uh, that wouldn't be good, and uh, you know, she needs to be temperate Faithful in all things, she needs to be a good Christian woman. You know, if she's not, that's going to hamper the work of, of the deacon for sure. I mean, so, so yeah, I think I think you would have to give consideration to their wives when you appoint. Churches, at least when I was growing up, and we appointed deacons, we thought about the wives in connection with this passage as well as the men in terms of appointing. Oh, well,
2: kind of. Um if this was the <coughs> wives, um it doesn't really say anything about elders' wives. So would an elder's wife not prevent him from becoming an elder?
0: With hence the feeling that this is and wives <laughs> I'm not necessarily inclined to go there um, <clears throat> I mean what about this in verse 4 uh, he has to manage his own household if he had a renegade wife I don't think he'd be managing his own household so at least you'd have that. Do you think it is Watch too?
2: I was leaning more towards the Deacons until I thought of that. And I'm not sure. I think it's probably more Deacons because of where it is. But.
0: And it's kind of where I go to sometimes as to where, well, I think what I ought to do is interpret what is written, not what I think should have been written. <laughs> You know, and leave it to the Lord's wisdom to have written what he wanted. So that's kind of where I'm at at. It looks to me like it. This is the wives. Uh, seems like the deacons. And then you've got uh, verse 12 and 13 that uh, the deacons must be the husband of only one wife and be unfaithful to their wife and good managers of their children in their own households. It does not say for a deacon that his children have to be believers, but he has to manage them. And uh, he says, those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a high standing and great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. That kind of corresponds to verse 1. You know, if it's an office of an overseer, it's a fine work he desires to do. And he says, it's a good opportunity uh, to, to serve and to be a blessing. That's what I know about deacons. Do you have comments and questions? Okay. 14, 16. These things I write to you, though I
4: hope to come to you shortly. But I have, but if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was met, manifested in the flesh, justified in the, <coughs> in the spirit, seen by angels, preaching among the Gentiles, believe, believed on in the word, received
0: of the Lord. Okay, why is Paul writing this? Why is it important for him to write this? He can't be there in person. Yeah. He's hoping to come soon, but it's not a sure bet. And Timothy will know how he ought to conduct himself in the church. Uh, So, the things Paul has been writing, you know, show, like, who ought to be appointed as overseers and deacons. And maybe in chapter 2, some things about the prayer life of the church and things of that nature. He's writing Timothy, so he'll know uh, what he ought to be doing uh, in, in the church. And he adds that the church is the pillar and support of the truth. Um, that the church is to guard and promote uh, the truth. It's the, the pillar and support. Um there's, there's so much emphasis in First Timothy on the false teachers. The church ought to be furthering the interest of the truth, defending the truth against those who are deprived of the truth, as he said earlier. The church is not to advertise itself. The church is to, you know, declare the truth of God. Uh, so, this is for Timothy to know Proper behavior and procedures in the church. Do you have some thoughts and comments on fourteen and fifteen? Okay. Um. And then uh, he says in verse (laughs) sixteen, a very. interesting verse, apparently defining the truth that the church is to be the pillar and support of. It says, by common confession, great is the mystery of godliness. And then this, this poem, or maybe song, and you're trying to figure out, perhaps, um, how to look at this. And there's at least a couple of ways to look at this. And that how you look at it even kind of affects uh, what you see these various things as saying? Um, so look at them one at a time. At least think about it a little bit, and then we'll see how we can put this together. He who was revealed in the flesh. That's obviously talking about who? Jesus. Jesus. So, what what does he mean? Revealed in the flesh?
3: God was manifested to man.
0: Yes. What do? we're thinking about then like Jesus becoming a man like we call we call talk about the incarnation <laughs> you know him becoming flesh yeah. yeah sort of a theophany yeah yeah sometimes that might be more for just like God manifesting himself briefly yeah, but, yeah. so I mean that's what Jesus did that, that's kind of an amazing thing when you really think about it to suddenly reveal God in a human form <laughs> I, I, it, I think you know it would have been impossible for writers of fiction to have ever come up with this whole set that we have in the Bible I understand that sometimes pagan gods would do some human-like things but when you understand what the Bible teaches about the nature of For God to suddenly become a man—it is astounding. I love that song we sang, whatever it is, "God Incarnate, Can It Be?" Because it—it has some striking phrasing that just makes you almost do a double take and really think about the fact our God became a man. He who lighted each silver star which is out yeah. for comfort in Mary's arms. Yeah, which is out for comfort in Mary's arms. I mean, something like that is like, wow. There's a few other lines of that. you remember any other lines of that? Uh, not on the spot. <laughs> something about uh, straw.
1: Heaven's now
0: yeah, heaven's throne, now better straw. Yeah, heaven's now better straw. Wow, I mean, that's like, wow, think about that. that, that that's kind of what you had. So... That's, wow, that's amazing. Was vindicated in the spirit. Now, you know, what does that mean? My
1: picture is in his baptism, the spirit of God descending like a dove and vindicating, um, acknowledging him as the son.
0: That's an interesting idea. Other thoughts? You know, the, all these statements are very parallel. Uh, they use almost the same Greek construction. It's very economical with wording. And so, wow, you think, what is that? Um, maybe, I'm thinking about, um, I think it's uh, 1 Peter 3, And verse 18 for Christ also died for sins once for all the just for the unjust so that he might bring us to God having been put to death in the flesh but made alive in the spirit I wonder if it's talking about the resurrection that he was you know he was vindicated in the spirit Um, he was was raised and that was his vindication but that's wow and there's probably some other possibilities as well it's kind of like hmm I don't know. And then he was seen by angels. Well, what does that refer to? His ascension? That, I think, is a reasonable possibility. Are there others? Okay. Proclaimed among the nations, I guess that's pretty easy and he's preached and believed on in the world that's maybe you know when you proclaim him then some people believe on him taken up in glory what's that? ascension, yeah <clears throat> I mean one of the problems with this is like how do you fit all that together? I mean this doesn't exactly seem like it just goes step by step, you know. It starts maybe that way, you know, in the incarnation, but I don't think you can. Well, like the taken up in glory at the end would almost be before at least the proclaimed among the nations and believed on in the world, and maybe even be maybe before seen by angels. So this doesn't seem to be just like a chronological thing. Right, my, my level actually is. Up. So, it was very interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, that'd be a possibility. Anybody have a brilliant thought on how to analyze this?
4: Can
0: you put it that way? <laughs> or a good thought? I'm mediocre <laughs> it's <not a> thought. <laughs> Well, I mean, I can give you a couple of things if you want them.
3: I was thinking this was like a song. Do you be trying to rhyme it? Like if you, if it was like Hebrew
0: But you know, this is Greek, but rhyming in the Bible is more rhyming thoughts. I don't think they did much rhyming words in you know, Bible times. It's kind of a modern thing, I believe. I Certainly Hebrew did not rhyme. I'm not yeah. sure about Greek. Is, is the construction kind of repetitive between the first
1: three lines and the
0: second three? Really, the construction is repetitive in all of them. There is one, and I forget which one, that's just slightly different. But really, in Greek, the construction is virtually identical, every phrase.
1: Well, I'm wondering, you know, revealed in the flesh and proclaimed among the nations, I find to be similar thoughts. Vindicated in the spirit and believed on in the world are to be similar. And seen by angels and takers in glory are similar.
0: Well, that is probably my preference in the two explanations that I think are reasonable. ...that you've got almost two parallel halves here. And in each of the parallel halves... ...you've got you're know, like A, B, C... ...and then A, B, C again. The A and B are describing what takes place on the earth. And the C is something that takes place in heaven. And so we go in the A, B, C in the first part... ...the incarnation, you know what I mean... ...becoming a man. The resurrection... And the ascension and that really describes what christ did and then the next three sort of the results of what christ did you know first what takes place in on the earth and then in heaven the preaching the belief and the glorification and that we sort of look at those two as parallel you know two describing what happened on the earth and one describing what happens in heaven that's probably the simplest way I know how to kind of organize that. You want to just leave it at that for now? Are they confusing the issue or do you want another way to do it? You want to confuse the issue. Okay. Oh, boy. Well, this actually also works. It's just a little bit more complicated. What if we pair them? There's some things to be said about pairing them. He who was revealed in the flesh was vindicated in the spirit. Do you see a reason to pair those two? Flesh and spirit. Uh, Seen by angels proclaimed among the nations. Do you see a reason to pair those two? Yeah, angels and nations. Believed on in the world, taken up in glory. That would pair world with glory. So in those three you'd be contrasting each time. You would have one that referred to heaven and one that referred to the earth so to speak. So you've got it revealed the flesh vindicated the spirit then seen by angels proclaimed among the nations then believed on the world taken up in glory so um, you know you've sort of got the the uh, I don't know just the, the the parents. That may be that's that's another possibility. I mean you can see both of those. It's not out of the question that God intends for us to see both of those. You no know, no one outline is necessarily exclusive even though it may be valid. Because there's a lot of depth in the Bible. There is wow. Well, so I still would consider this a really cryptic verse. I mean, it's maybe it's intended that way. Maybe God would like for us to meditate on things like this. And really think about, you know, different aspects, mull over different aspects of Christ. This is the gospel. These are the things we believe. These are the things we must be the pillar and support of.
3: these answer the statement the mystery of godliness is great so you know how you look at it may be flavored partly by what does that mean it's kind of like wow this is a it's deep it's uh, complex it's not
0: intuitive good point that's exactly what. Right. Actually, I was looking at my other notes here. I can tell you uh, something here. Other each line consists of a passive verb in the aorist tense, it's a Greek tense, followed by in, except line three, and then a noun in the dative. That's a case in Greek. So it's each of them in Greek is three words. You know, a verb, passive verb in a particular tense, then in, then a noun in a particular case. So it's very parallel. Even more so in Greek than it is in English. Um, and let's see, I got a couple more things. If if we pair them, then the first one is sort of the um, somehow the the revelation of Christ, and then the second pair would be like the witnesses of Christ. You know, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations. You know, the angels see him and the nations hear about him. And then the third pair would be the results or the reception. You know, he's believed on the world, taken up in glory. Uh, so maybe you can do something with that. If, I'm, if we're right on the first way we looked at it, then the humiliation and then the exaltation. We build the flesh, vindicate the spirit, seen by angels. You know... It's like the exaltation of the third clause line, you know, comes after more humbling statements than the first two. I don't know how valid any of that is. Those are just some things to think about. I certainly am not an expert on verse 16, and I don't claim to have really grasped it completely. Other questions or comments? Taking
2: taken up a little, taken up, because we you know that you um, and all this I can't remember the passage right now but we are talk about upholding God's throne by a phrase and so maybe that could be translated differently I don't have Greek on me right now but <laughs> if you look at it that way it could be chronological
0: okay so, uh... that's an interesting idea I mean that's the thing about these wow you could look at most of them in more than one way and that would change your whole perspective so, maybe taken up in glory is different than what we've initially thought about. It would enable them to be a progression. I wouldn't deny that possibility. Anything else you want to say? The mystery of
1: gathering is Gavin, must be anything to do with what the false teachers were teaching and Mrs. this is driving.
0: Or Maybe so. I do think there's a lot of emphasis on the false teachers, and in fact, I think there's sort of a contrast between the end of chapter three and the first part of chapter four. You've got the church as the pillar and support of the truth. You've got these truths revealed, and then you've got. But the Spirit explicitly says that in later times. Some will fall away from the faith and so forth and teach these false doctrines. And so you've almost got the church is the promoter of the truth and here's the truth it promotes. The false teachers are the other side and here are the lies they teach, verse 3. So you've almost got the, the promoter, and the thing being promoted either on the good side at the end of chapter 3 or on the bad side at the first part of chapter 4. So I suspect there's something to that and maybe even, you know, some things like this, maybe there are some things in this that would specifically refute some of the errors of the false teachers. I think that's entirely possible. We don't know all the errors of the false teachers that he's dealing with. yes certainly I mean you've got the same you've got the idea of the mystery uh, and so he's saying you know the deacons have to be strong in the truth other questions or comments so fits well
3: with Paul's statement that his primary emphasis was to know about Jesus Christ and him crucifying. You know, you can see that maybe somewhat in a nutshell here too.
4: Didn't Paul accuse Peter of writing some things that are hard to understand?
0: No. <laughs> the other way around. It was the other way around. Okay. Peter said that Paul wrote some things that are hard to be understood. You think he just finished reading First Timothy? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I was always of the opinion he just finished reading Romans or Ephesians, but I don't know.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Are there questions or comments? Well, we might as well stop here. There's no use getting into chapter four and then waiting three weeks to uh, continue it. Uh, I think that's what we're looking at because I don't plan on being here on the 24th or the 31st. Uh, so I will plan on being here on the 7th. Is that right? I think. It's-